Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Jackie Duval. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Rabbi Jason Sobel. Rabbi Jason is the founder of Fusion Global and the spiritual advisor for the TV show called The Chosen. Welcome, Rabbi Jason. Shalom. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. So uh, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and your testimony. Yeah, I grew up in the Holy Land, New Jersey, where there are more Jews than in Jerusalem. And uh, being Jewish was really important as a child. I went to Hebrew school. I had my bar mitzvah at the age of 13. I became a son of the commandment. I love growing up celebrating the Jewish holidays and, and going to the synagogue to pray. And it was just very special growing up. But when I got a little bit older, I wound up uh, working in a large recording studio in New York City, and I began to look at the lives of all of these famous people around me, and I said to myself, there has to be more to life than just this. And I began a spiritual journey. I began to study with my rabbi but I also really wanted a personal connection. I was hungry for the supernatural. I wanted to experience God. I wanted to encounter him in a very personal way. And so I also started to study martial arts and through martial arts, basically became a Jew boo, kind of like a Jewish Buddhist, a new age Jew, like seeking a spiritual encounter. And I was, one day I was, was doing meditation and I was like, oh, and my soul began to vibrate. I literally could feel it shaking within my body. It came out of my body. I could see myself sitting there. It went through my roof. And the next thing I know, I was in heaven and I was standing before this king who was enshrouded in this glorious light. And I could feel the presence and the power of God pulsating through my body every cell in my being came alive. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced. I felt completely connected to God. I was, there was a state of joy and love and acceptance and euphoria like I'd never felt before. And I knew this king seated on the throne was Yeshua, that it was Jesus. And it blew my mind because growing up, I didn't know anything about Jesus. And, you know, the next thing I knew, I was down in my body, still shaking under the power of heaven, still in this state of, like, euphoria. And I start running around saying, I'm called to serve him. I'm called to serve him. And my mom's like, you're called to serve who? We're Jewish. What's this Jesus? <laughs> and I, like I said, growing up, I knew Jews and Catholics, so I had no real context for Jesus. And my best friend winds up coming to faith, and he says, Jason, 
I've found the truth. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, I found that, that Jesus is Lord and Savior, but if you don't believe in him, you're going to go to hell. And in the end times, there's going to be this big beast with all these heads that e people don't believe. And I'm thinking, man, you are Meshuggah, the Yiddish for crazy. I mean, I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. It sounds like a Steven Spielberg movie, not something I could believe in. He was a new believer. He had zeal, but he didn't have any knowledge. And thank God he started to attend a Messianic congregation. And he called me back on the telephone, and he said, Jason, you went to Hebrew school as a child. Do you think you could tell the difference between the Old and the New Testament? And I'm like, sure. So he read me this passage about the crucifixion, and he's like, Jason, is that the Old or the New? I said, obviously, that's the New Testament. It's talking about Jesus. He said, let me read you another passage. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and by his stripes were healed. He said, Jason, old or new? I said, obviously, that's the New Testament talking about Jesus. He said, no, that's Isaiah 53, the Jewish prophet speaking 700 years before he ever walked the face of the earth. And I began to be provoked to jealousy because here is my friend. He wasn't even Jewish. And he knew more about the prophecies and the promises of the Messiah than I did. So I, I agreed to go with him to this Messianic congregation and went to the congregation with him. And it was a nice service, but nothing really struck me that powerfully. And the next thing I knew at the end of the service, they began to dim the lights and play the piano and pray. And I figured I needed all the help I could get. So I prayed. They said, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, will you please raise your hand? It was the first time I'd ever prayed to or about Yeshua, Jesus. So I raised my hand. They said, if you raise your hand, will you please stand up? You've just been born again. And I was like, I don't know what it means to be born again, but I heard about these born again kids, people. You know, I'm a nice Jewish kid from New Jersey. I can't get born again. I gave my mother enough trouble when I was born once. God only knows if I get born again. This is not good. And they were like, they promised that every, the lights were dimmed. Every head was bowed. Like, this is a personal decision between you and God. And I was like, okay, no one has to know. I'm safe. And they said, we saw you stand your hand. We saw you, they, said, they said, we saw you raise your hand. If you can't stand here for the Messiah, you won't be able to stand firm in the world. And I realized there's like 500 people that were not going anywhere until I stood up. So I stood up. And the funny thing is the person who actually led me in that prayer was Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Mm. And they gave me the first New Testament I'd ever seen. I had no idea what it all meant. It was a Jerusalem prophecy edition of the New Testament. We're driving home in the car. My friend John, who brought me, he's like, I can't believe it. I prayed to lead one Jewish person to faith in my life. I never thought it would be you. I had been praying for you, but I never thought you'd come to know God, to know the Lord. And I didn't know what I was more offended by, the fact that he was praying behind my back or that he had no hope that I could ever come to know the Lord. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. I have no idea what just happened here. I didn't want to tell him that. I took the New Testament. I hid it in my bedroom. God forbid my parents should ever know anything about it. I just turned 20 years of age at the time. Hid it in my bedroom. 
curiosity gets the better of me. I take out the New Testament. I begin to read it. I'm blown away by all the prophecies. I'm, I'm blown away how Jewish it is. But the thing that really impacted me on top of all that on a very personal and deep level was what the Lord said to me in that encounter in heaven was actually a verse from the New Testament, which I had never read before. The verse was, many are called, but few are chosen. And I'm like, am I chosen, Lord? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, when I read that, I'm like, okay, he's the one who Moses and the prophet spoke of. And I gave my life to him. And that really began my spiritual journey. And one week after that, I get a call from a friend who was an NYU medical center. I used to help homeless people in New York. And he had been sleeping outside one night, and he got frostbite from the knees down, and they needed to amputate both his legs, and he was terrified. I mean, can you imagine being homeless is bad enough, but homeless and no legs in New York City, uh, that's pretty bad. Mm. So I went to see him with my friend John. I just read the book of Acts. I knew God could do miracles. I laid my hands on him. I said, silver and gold have I none. What I have in the name of Yeshua rise, take up your bed and walk. He got healed. He came to faith and he walked out of the hospital a week later. And I'm like, wow, there is power to heal in the name of Yeshua. This is for real, for real. I was blown away by it. And thank God that that miracle happened because, you know, I should have learned by that time in my life, right? I turned 20 that you can't hide anything from your Jewish moms, (laughs) your moms in general. (laughs) So she found the New Testament. What is this that I found in your room? Don't tell me you come into those Jews who believe in Jesus. I knew you'd do, like, do something like this one day and break my heart. You've joined a cult. Go meet with the rabbi. So I had to get out my Tanakh, my, my Jewish Bible, and out underlined all the Messianic prophecies, went and met with the rabbi, had a really interesting conversation uh, with him. But I was so strengthened in my faith because of that encounter with God and the miracles, the miracle that I saw, I was like, there was no doubting he was real, he was legit, he was the Messiah of Israel. And really that really marked my life in a very powerful way and set me on the course uh, that I'm on even to this day. Wow, that that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And you wrote a book recently called aligning with God's appointed times where you talk about the Jewish feasts and these are feasts that you grew up celebrating but they became richer and full of more meaning when you met Jesus and uh, so tell us a little bit about that book and and how people will be uh, uh, helped by that even Christians who are not Jewish you don't understand that yeah and just it's so important like when I came to know the Lord and it just what was amazing was that everything that I had grown up doing as a child took on new life and meaning. And it was such a testimony to my mom and dad, too, because as they saw my faith may be more Jewish and not less Jewish, because Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah of Israel, and every major event in his life happened on a Jewish biblical holiday. So they're all prophetic. In fact, you really can't see the gospels and high definition. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we wrote this book and what we do with our ministry. I mean, I'll never forget one year I went out right before the Super Bowl and I bought a high definition television. And everyone's like, it's going to change the way you watch the game. 
I watched the whole game. I'm like, well, this isn't so great. And then I had a revelation. At the end of the game, I'm flipping through the channels, and I realized that the higher channels or the high-definition channels, I watched the entire game in standard definition. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it in the high-definition channels, I'm like, man, this makes a difference. And I feel like so many people are reading the scriptures in standard definition, mm -hmm. and God wants us to see it in high definition. And part of seeing it in high definition is understanding the biblical holidays because the Gospels and the life of Yeshua Jesus revolve around these biblical holidays. And so to fully understand his person and work and see it in high definition, to understand the connections between the old and the new is foundational. But of course, there's more because the biblical holidays are not just past remembrances. Right. Meaning they remember what God did for Israel at this day and time. It points to what God was going to do through Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, during the first coming. But they're more than, which is significant, but they're more than past remembrances. They are actually meant to be reoccurrences. So what happened on those biblical holidays are meant to reoccur in our life today. They're meant to be reactivations. And so when we come into alignment with God's appointed times and God's seasons, then we come into alignment spiritually, and there's supernatural breakthrough and revelation and encounter that is released in our lives when we understand and come into alignment with these holidays. And I have many friends in, in the prophetic circles across many streams of the prophetic, and so many of them have encounters on the biblical holidays because they are, because that's what God wants to do in our lives. And what he did in the past is what he wants to do in the present in our lives, even to this day. And so there's just supernatural blessing, supernatural breakthrough when we understand and come into alignment uh, with these holidays. Wow, that's that's so good. Now, for instance, um, the Sabbath, what are some of the blessings we can receive if we observe the Sabbath? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it goes back to the very creation. You know, God created this, the world in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. And the focus of the Shabbat is, you know, it's rest, it's remembrance, it's restoration. And we live in such a busy and hectic world. We're under the tyranny of time, the tyranny of the urgent. And if we can't learn to take a, a rest, then we're still slaves in Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. And that the heart of Shabbat is the greeting we say, Shabbat Shalom, right? And so Shabbat is about bringing Shalom into our life. And Shalom is more than the absence of conflict. It's even more than just having a sense of tranquility, right? Mm -hmm. Shalom is the physical, emotional, and relational wholeness. It's a holistic wholeness. It's nothing missing, nothing broken. It's an inner peace that comes above all circumstances. And it's and that's why there was a great Jewish philosopher who says it's more than the Jewish people have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jewish people. Because it's been a source of refreshment, it's been a resource of rejuvenation, and it's a taste of the messianic age and the world to come, because, you know, 
the, the Messianic age is, gonna, is known as Hebrews, Yom Shekel O Shabbat, the time that is all Shabbat. And so it's the taste of the Messianic banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it doesn't just bring us peace and rest, but really it's also meant to create shalom in the home. And so when we, and to deepen our relationship with God and with our family. So when you celebrate the Shabbat, the Sabbath meal, like Jesus did with his disciples, and you sit around the table and you learn how to bring honor and blessing into your home, it completely revolutionizes and transforms your family in a very powerful way. And in aligning with God's appointed times, we talk about all the different aspects of the Shabbat uh, and the Sabbath in a very powerful way. That's so good. What about Passover? What's the significance? Um, can you share a little bit about the Old Testament story Passover and also what it means for us today? Absolutely. So Passover in the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament is the story that we find in the book of Exodus. You know, everyone knows the story. Seeing the prince of Egypt, there was the, there was the Pharaoh enslaved the Jewish people because he was scared that they might join with his enemies and, and rise up against him and overthrow his rule and reign. And so he enslaved the Jewish people for hundreds of years. And then, he, and then God raises up Moses, a, a Jewish baby boy, who winds up being raised in Pharaoh's house, but decides he, he, he has to be there for his people. So he kills an Egyptian taskmaster, flees into the desert. He's 40 years into the desert, shepherding sheep, and God calls him from the midst of the burning bush and says, you need to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. He goes to Pharaoh 10 times. Pharaoh hardens his heart. After the 10th plague, the worst plague, the death of the firstborn, he finally relents, lets the children of Israel go. They come to the Red Sea. Pharaoh changes his mind. He mounts his horses and chariots, goes after them. People begin to fear, but God can make a way when there seems to be no way. He parts the Red Sea. He brings Israel through. He drowns the Egyptians in it. He brings a great salvation for the Jewish people. And that's what Passover in the Hebrew Scriptures is meant to point to. And it celebrates—Jews have celebrated it ever since by doing what is known as a Passover Seder. But the amazing thing about that is— that the Last Supper was actually a Passover Seder. And so as Yeshua, Jesus was sitting around with his disciples celebrating the Passover, he was showing how all the different elements of the Passover point to him. So one of the most important elements of the Passover is the matzah. It's the unleavened bread that we eat. And the amazing thing about the matzah, when you look at the physical characteristics, Okay, leaven is symbolic of sin. So literally, the bread is sinless, right? It also is pierced, striped, bruised, and broken. It's Isaiah 53, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. By his stripes, we're healed. And he breaks the matzah and says, this is my body, which is broken for you. So every aspect of the matzah points to his piercings, points to him, his stripes. And the reality is, is that he dies as the Passover lamb to take away the sins of the world. And this also connects to the, another key element of the Passover, which is the cup. And at the Passover Seder, there's actually four cups. 
And the, the, the most important cup is the third cup, which reminds us of the three sprinklings of the blood on the doorpost of the home. And God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And so he raises the third cup, and he says, this is my blood being poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. So basically what he's saying is, I am the greater Passover lamb that comes to bring freedom and forgiveness for your sin. So it's all right there in the Passover in a very powerful way. And one of the amazing things about him uh, bringing the bread in connection to the Passover is this, how it like, kind of all ties together. Think about it for a moment. In his conversation with Peter, Peter says, how many times do I have to forgive? Up to seven? And Peter thought like he was being really spiritual because according to Jewish law, you only have to forgive three times. He's like, I'll double it. I'll add one. Seven's the number of perfection. He's like, Jesus is like, no, not seven, but what? Seventy times seven. Well, if there's a number or a detail in the Bible, like you better believe it's there for a reason. Why is it 70 times seven? Because 490 is the numerical value of the Hebrew word to be tamim, to be perfect or complete. Literally, Exodus 12 says this, take, it says, take a Passover lamb that is tamim, perfect or complete, and offer it and sacrifice it. So the blood of the lamb had to come from a lamb that was tamim, that was perfect or complete. Well, Jesus is the perfect Passover lamb. But there's more. He's born in Bethlehem. Well, guess what? Bethlehem has a numerical value of 490. And guess what was raised in, Pas in, in Bethlehem? The Passover lambs are raised in, in Bethlehem that were used in the temple. So 490 Bethlehem, nativity equals 490, perfect lamb equals 490 to be tamim. And there's also this connection between bread and forgiveness because Bethlehem literally means house of bread, and Jesus connects bread and forgiveness. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us in the Lord's Prayer. And at the Last Supper, he breaks the bread. This is my body, which is broken for you at the Passover 490. It symbolizes his perfect forgiveness for us that comes to the Passover lamb. And of course, there's a deeper connection between bread and forgiveness, just like we can't live without bread. We can't live with spiritually and emotionally without the bread of forgiveness. And when we withhold forgiveness from other people, it's like telling a starving person to go and die. And the Lord didn't do that to us. He's freed us. He set us free. He's forgiven us, and we need to forgive others. And that's the beauty of Passover, because all of us have our own personal Egypts, and God wants to redeem us and bring us out and set us free and give us the breakthrough. Wow, that is so powerful. Now, um, another interesting thing is Pentecost. Um, some might not know that the first Pentecost was on Mount Sinai. Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. When believers think about Pentecost, we immediately go to Acts chapter 2. And a lot of believers don't know that Pentecost didn't start in the New Testament. It actually has rich roots in the Hebrew Scriptures, which is so very significant because Pentecost is the day 
that God comes down on Mount Sinai and speaks the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. So Jewish people, since the days of Moses, has, have celebrated Pentecost as the day in which God gave the Torah and the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people, which is so significant because, think about it for a moment. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. In the Old Testament, God gives the Ten Commandments, which is symbolic of the Word and God. Mm. So Word and Spirit are both given on the exact same day. Pentecost in Hebrew is called Shavuot, okay? Why does Word and Spirit have to come on the same day? Because how did God create the world? In the very beginning, when everything was chaos, formless and empty, the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep, and God spoke. So the first creation came about by God's Word and by His Spirit, and in the same way, new creation comes about in our life through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You need both. That's why Jesus says He's looking for people to worship Him, Ruach Emmet, in spirit and in truth. And that is so significant because Pentecost was to happen on the 50th day after Passover, after, actually 50th day after the first fruits were offered during, during Passover to the Lord. And that's significant because 50 is the number of freedom in the Hebrew Scriptures. When the people left Egypt, they were scarred. They need to be relationally, emotionally, psychologically, and physically and spiritually transformed, healed, and made whole. And that's why God does it on the 50th day. In fact, in Jewish thought, God comes down on the 50th day, and he heals all of the people that were in the camp because it says all saw, all heard, all stood. The rabbis asked the question, weren't there people that were blind? Weren't there people that were, were handicapped? Weren't there people who couldn't see? But it says all heard, all saw, all stood. So God did a work of healing and transformation and brought wholeness. He set them free from their physical and emotional infirmities in that moment on the 50th day because 50 is the number of freedom. That's why the Jubilee happens in the 50th year. The slaves are set free. God was setting the children of Israel free, and that's exactly what he wants to do for us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So it makes sense that the Holy Spirit, who is this who brings freedom, is given on the 50th day, which is the number of freedom. So it connects in a very deep and powerful way. Wow. Wow, that, that's amazing. And, um, and you did a CD set called The Decade of Breakthrough, and God showed you how this decade, the decade of the 80s and also the decade of the 20s, the, the 80s in the Jewish um, calendar and the 20s in our calendar, how this is the decade of breakthrough. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the decade of 80 is the decade of breakthrough. The word for breakthrough in Hebrew is parat, and it begins with the letter pay, which is the letter of the decade. But let me back up and explain this, right? What we have to understand is that Hebrew is alphanumeric. What that means is that there are no Roman numerals in the Bible. So what that means is that we write numbers with letters. So if I tell you to open your Bible to chapter one, I'd say open your Bible to chapter Aleph because Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew Bible. So it has a numerical value of one. So in Hebrew, the way that you write 80 
is with the Hebrew letter pay. The word for breakthrough in Hebrew begins with the letter pay. It's the word parat, and the first letter of that word has a numerical value of 80. But there's more there, because this is the time to come out of Egypt. We're breaking forth out of Egypt. So everything related to the redemption from Egypt is connected to the Hebrew letter pay and the breakthrough that got brought for the Jewish people back then, right, and what God wants to do for us today. For example, the person who enslaved Israel is Pharaoh. Pharaoh begins with the letter pay. The word redemption begins with the letter pay. The word breakthrough begins with the letter pay. God called Moses at 80 years old, which is the numerical value of pay, to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he told him to use his mouth and go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses was like, no, I can't use my mouth. I've got to, I'm slow of tongue and slow of speech. Well, guess what? The pay in Hebrew not only has a numerical value of 80, it literally means mouth. So at 80, God told Moses to use his mouth to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And ultimately, Pharaoh did. And Passover, the word Passover begins with the letter pay. So this is a decade of breakthrough. It's also a decade of the mouth. And we're to make those declarations and call for things that are not as if they were so that we might find that breakthrough. And we are seeing it before our eyes, God bringing breakthrough on every level in this decade of breakthrough. That's awesome. Can you tell me a few examples of things you've seen in your personal life and ministry after teaching this topic of the decade of breakthrough? Oh, my goodness. On a personal level, in the decade of breakthrough, I got married, (laughs) which is awesome. Uh, In this decade of breakthrough, like literally the promises that God had spoken over our lives in ministry, both financially, we've seen tremendous breakthrough. In our ministry, we had a prophetic word that someone was going to give us a building many years ago from Jack Hayford. And someone this year blessed us with a building. We're about to move into it soon. And guess what? The, the number on the building is 2021. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the decade of the 80s, the 20s. It's 2021. It's time to possess our promise. And literally, we're beginning to possess our promise. And we're just seeing this in the lives of so many people that we minister to, just their what God's doing in their businesses, with their finances. We see it with what God is doing in their careers and the favor and the doors that are opening for them. Like in the year, like what should be a time of famine has become a time of feasting. And it's just when you come into alignment with what God is doing with his times and his seasons, you see the overflow. And that's what we're experiencing. In fact, I had someone just called me and uh, I mean, he's had some struggles in his family, and he's just seen healing and restoration there. It's just been incredible. Wow, that that's amazing. And um, we're about to to uh, close, but can you um, just pray whatever the Lord shows you to pray for our listeners? Yeah, Avinu Malkeno, our Father and our King. I just speak life and blessing. I just declare a breakthrough that it's time to come out of Egypt. It's time to come out of the box, not to be confined, not to be limited, but it's time to come in 
to your promise. It's time to possess the land. It's time to experience the blessing of God, not to live out of the lack, but to live out of the overflow spiritually, emotionally, and materially. And I just declare God's blessing over you, that he is going to bring order out of your chaos. In the name of Yeshua, I say, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you shalom, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, Jesus, our shalom. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Rabbi Jason Sobel. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get the special resource. God wants to pour out his blessings on you as you align with his appointed times. Rabbi Jason Sobel's new book, Aligning with God's Appointed Times, is an invitation to go on a treasure hunt and discover more of God through the Jewish feasts. This book will help you see and experience a fresh fullness of the inheritance you have as a believer. Rabbi Jason has also included a brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series called The Decade of Breakthrough to reveal the prophetic importance of the time in the Hebrew calendar. You'll learn how the power of declarations can accelerate your breakthrough and discover supernatural keys to become an overcomer. Don't miss Rabbi Jason's brand new book, Aligning with God's Appointed Times, and his brand new and exclusive three-part audio teaching series, The Decade of Breakthrough, for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9749. Once again, that's offer number 9749.